Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! I can't believe this. We actually have guests here in the, in, at at the, at the couch. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! We got I got snacks ready. I've got the I got the light bulbs changed. Why did I have to change the light bulbs? Why why do I do these silly things? Uh, oh, they're here! They're here! Whoop! Um, hi. 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 Hello. <laughs> Mark. Mark. To an eight, not a ten. Gotcha, gotcha. There are too many cartoons, but they'll watch them all. The Penny and James can a sort of hopefully funny cartoon podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm James Irish. And I'm Pembroke W. Corgi. Welcome once again to the Pemmy and James Kinda Sorta Hopefully Funny Cartoon Podcast. And this is a hell of a special episode. We are joined on the couch today by Mark Halem and Jordan Schmidt, the hosts of the Looney Tunes Podcast. That's not quite all, folks. <laughs> this is surreal. Thank you for having us. Wow. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh. Hopefully today we will clear up a few mysteries, starting with why it's so important that Bugs Bunny sits down. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, we're leading with the hard stuff. Oh my god, cool. okay. So worried that people would be afraid of, like, okay, they're doing a Fritz Freeling gag, let's let's shut this off now, but, oh good, people like this Bugs Bunny sitting down gag. Okay. Oh. I've done something okay with my life, good. Whew. Seriously, where did that come from? That okay, that came from us. Uh, is obviously when, when I part of my entry into uh, Looney Tunes was just rewatching all of the Golden Collections drink over and over. Um, and it just it got to the point. Okay, I'm done all the shorts. Now I do all the featurettes. I'm done all the featurettes. All the things they include on the discs just to give you other bonus content, including the boys from Termite Terrace, and that included a good. It, maybe it was longer because I was younger, but like what seemed like a good 10-minute sequence of just the guy talking about animating Bugs Bunny sitting down. I always thought it was Frizz Freeling himself. It wasn't. <laughs> but like I just, it was the most tedious thing. And to, years later, I would just say in the back of my head, Bugs Bunny sitting down. And so it just turned into a thing on the podcast. And it grew legs and started running the length of the New York Marathon, essentially. <laughs> It's amazing what becomes a running joke. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have no idea. Oh, God. So, now let's actually start with the proper questions. I assume this is going way, way far back. But how did you both meet? <laughs> oh, God. Um, second grade. Second grade. I was a, a new student at the elementary school we went to. We're not doxing ourselves in this one, so you will never know where we went to school. Yes. Um, even what state. Not even what region no. of the United States. Oh. <laughs> Go Phils. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we we were literally at a Phils game a couple of days ago. Yeah, it's not yeah. hard. We, we, we're yeah. not too coy about it, but yeah. So, um, yeah, like, I was uh, I was a, a new kid, and eventually I ran into, I ran into Jordan... I don't quite know what we talked about, but one of the first things we talked about were like Looney Tunes and the newest SpongeBob episode, oh, yeah. which was seasons one through three. So the good stuff. And 
yeah, our friendship just kind of went from there. Yeah. So it, it's the kind of thing it where like only makes yeah. sense to do the show essentially. It was the kind of thing where like we were in our each other's classes like year after year after year in elementary school, and we just started hanging out with more and more, both in school and out of school, and just like. When you're when you when you meet friends and are and are into the same things as each other, like it's always very validating. Like, okay, I'm into a lot of the Looney Tunes stuff. What's that? You're into the Looney Tunes too. What are your favorite ones? We would make these lists. We would do all these sort of like, we I would do up all of these storyboarded like trailers for these oh, Looney yeah. Tunes movies that I was coming up mm-hmm. with. And oh my goodness, we <laughs> there was like oh they weren't good. No, 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 they weren't completely thought out. Like I I write stuff to this day, but like they weren't like completely fleshed out ideas. It was just like, what if the Looney Tunes were on a pirate ship? Or what if the Looney Tunes did a spy caper? And it was just like trailers and what footage would look like and how I would, how what the marketing would look like. And we just sort of, it was nice, you know? <laughs> it was really nice. Oh, that is so freaking wholesome. Oh, thank you. Now, what spurred the specific podcast on? I mean, obviously, love of the cartoons, but where, where did the germ of the idea come from? Well, what happened was I was like two years ago, I was on a, on a car ride and I was just bored. So I just went on my on my Spotify. I'm just looking through. I'm just thinking, what is a Looney Tunes podcast? So I just type in like Looney Tunes podcasts. And there was only one, which is, um, of course, you realize this means podcast. So the one hosted yes. by uh, Jonathan Graves, who's been very kind to us. There is no beef. Yeah, there's no, like, a lot of these are, like, like big big old rivalries, but we don't have one of those. They're good people. No, they're very good people. And Want to start just, one? <laughs> no. If you're up for it, yeah. let's. let's <laughs> I'll get on my boxing gloves and we'll um, fist a cuff the night away. <laughs> yeah, so I just noticed, like, oh, there's a market here. There, there's an audience that's not really being tapped into. So I, I came with, okay, you know, it'll be like, in fact, on my Twitter d- during that day, you you still find it. Yeah, I tweeted out like my thought process, like, oh, well, it's like this, and there's like a rating system, and there's like themes, and blah, blah, blah. yeah. And so the only things I didn't have were, okay, I need a co-host because I'm not doing this by myself. And and also it has to like, I don't just like in years of like listening to podcasts, I'm going, okay, I know the things that I like when a podcast does. And I also know the things that annoy the hell out of me. So I can take these years of experience and go, Okay, I can probably build a podcast that's pretty good. And even with all that knowledge and self-admiration, there's still moments in the first, like, 10, 15 episodes where I'm like, that's an easy error I could have fixed, and I just didn't see it. We were new. Yeah, exactly. We were just rolling in. And it's also important to, to note that, like, the reason why we started when we started was because we had a good... I want to say six or seven months where literally nothing was happening in the world. And yeah. we felt like, okay, pandemic's going on. Pandemic's still going on. We're we, by this point, like we'd usually like Mark and I would be like going to movies together or doing right. Usual tone for Cause we, we, we still live in the same hometown we grew up in, which is very convenient. Cause I, I went off to college and did all those things. Now I'm still kind of back here, but 
the pandemic's going on. We're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? How do we pass the time? And Mark floats the idea. Hey, I've had this long running idea of maybe one of these days doing a Looney Tunes podcast. And I'm sort of listening going, okay, okay. Cause, cause to this point, like I I've had friends who had done podcasts. Uh, a couple of my college friends ran a movie podcast for a couple of weeks. No, no, not a couple of weeks, a couple of years. And I'd been listening to them and getting the idea of what a podcast was. I didn't have a lot of experience at all. And so Mark sort of says to me, Hey, would you want to do this with me? And I'm like, why not? I mean, it could be fun for a couple of weeks or a couple of months or something. And to, to your credit, Mark, you had the entire thing plotted out, I think, from week zero. Like, you had so much that you wanted to do with this thing, which I think if we didn't have that, we'd be screwed. Yeah, I, that, that was another thing where I looked at other podcasts and I went, why do you guys not have this stuff planned? Like, especially for, like, shows that are about an older medium. Like, I understand, like, let's say you're a movie podcast and your whole thing is it's the movie that's come out that week. Okay, you can't really plan that. No. But with us, it's like they're, they're old cartoons that have been around for 50 years that are incredibly accessible online. And they're not going anywhere. We can probably plan this out. They're not going anywhere. We, we could totally plan this out. So pretty much, I mean, the, the Twitter account, I launched it the day Jorn agreed to do the show. I'm like, okay, we're doing the show. Watch the Twitter uh profile and and you're waiting for a reason well well, yeah because when i came with the show you're at like a job you hated yes yes i I was like waiting i'm like i'm like ah that was it because you 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 brought that up not too long after i left that job right yeah because because i felt i felt bad for you dude i'm like god damn like like you've been like really pissed and angry and depressed about this job, so I'm thinking I should probably do something to cheer my friend up. Hey, let's do this fun. Let's watch Looney Tune cartoons. And that's another thing. Uh, around around that time, I realized the only time I watched Looney Tunes cartoons was when I was in a crappy mood. Like uh, I feel uh, I watch Looney Tune cartoons. It's, a great it's movie been a sure. while. Yeah. Yeah, like oh, it's been a while, and then I'm just thinking like. This was something that I really enjoyed and built my entire personality around <laughs> only like 10 years ago. And now I barely watch these. What's up with that? They're not bad. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just... So, yeah, so it's more that. It's more like, you know, doing something with my friend, but also, you know, getting back into watching Looney Tune cartoons on a more daily basis. Yeah, it's healthy. That sounds an awful lot like the origin of this very podcast. <laughs> well, except you have me with very obscure cartoons that like barely anyone's ever heard of. The Houndcats, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'll just wait until we do Johnny Cypher and Dimension Zero. Oh, we will get to Johnny Cypher later on in this interview. Be forewarned. Because <laughs> there is a commonality between them and the Looney Tunes. But uh, for those in our audience who, who are just being introduced to you guys, what episode are each of you most proud of? Mm. We'd love to give our listeners a nice mm. starting point to jump in. Hmm. Well, all right. I think the first one 
where because Mark and I like have said on the show, like if you're getting into this, don't watch the first ten episodes because around like after then, after we got the formula down pat for a lot of these, I think we started embarking on really good ones. I think the first really really good episode we did, Mark, and I, th- I imagine you agree, was mm-hmm. the one where we did What's Opera Doc, that one for yeah. the evening and uh, Rabbit of Seville. Yeah, because that that's one where we felt like we knew what we were talking about. I mean, yes, there's there's also like jokes and stuff in it, but it's a very analytical, like, because these are three classics everyone knows, everyone's heard of, and let's actually say something about them. And we did a pretty good job, I find. Yeah. And excellent. I think a great run we did is oh. our um, TV show miniseries. Yes. Where we covered every, pretty much every Looney Tunes TV show that came out between the 90s and 2000s. That's one where, no joke, every episode is a top 10 moment. Like, right. every episode has something that's just incredibly funny, incredibly absurd, and just a lot of fun. And that wasn't even our intention, either. We weren't no, saying, okay, we're going to make these good. No. It was all intrinsic. It was all natural. It was it was both in some of the analytical discussions we have, like the discussion we had on the They Might Be Giants stuff in Tiny Tunes, <laughs> and also the, um, the big d- dissertation that I had on Yes Always, which I think is one of the moments I'm most proudest of, other than the drafty daffy um, uh, analytical little one that I had. Like oh, yeah. we we just kept delivering one after the other after the other, and I think that that entire stretch, I think, um, that can go in the Hall of Fame pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I did just listen to the Tidy Tunes one this week, and you are yeah. correct; that is an excellent one. Thank you. Yeah, that's one where I was putting some of that together, and how how we do it is, you know, it's usually it's like whoever did the first short last week does the first one the, uh, the next week. And I think I planned it so that Jordan covers the Tiny Toons music television episode because I know he's a fan of the MIB Giants and I Big know time. he have way more to say about it than I ever could. Yeah. And also, also just on like an editor level, I, I do love now in our show whenever we're like like random music cues for the <laughs> fun of it, and the joke being that well, eventually these get taken down because there's no way we keep get we keep getting away with this. Yeah. So I, I love that episode because that was one where the music cues really worked and fit. Yeah, there so, was like twenty thousand like needle drops. In yeah. That <laughs> yeah. Mostly just, just me just... going, Mark, put this in in post. Do it now. <laughs> And oh. I don't. And I don't always do it. There are some moments where I'm like, "No, nah, this is funnier." My favorite, my one of my favorite needle drops you ever did, Mark, was the one where I, I think I had a, a a joke that absolutely bombed that you didn't even get oh. that just did nothing. I think it was an Imagine Dragon slam, and then oh, yeah. you played in "That'll Be the Day" by Buddy Holly because I said <laughs> the sound you hear now are the crickets, and. <laughs> It was one of those, like, oh, you're, oh, oh, you're doing that kind of things when I first listened to that, because I didn't know he was going to do that. So we have, Mark has lots of fun yeah. throwing all those in. I do. I do. I have to sidetrack on the whole needle drop thing, yeah. because I, I've done other podcasts where I'm surprised what does and doesn't get pulled on, on one podcast I've guested on, the Monkey Business Podcast. They once ran through a whole ass 
not a half ass, but a whole <laughs> ass Beatles song. Okay. Oh, that's risky. Because they're strange. Yeah. Okay. And it's still up. Hmm. No problem. But one time they were just singing the words to uh, Stuck in the Middle of You by Steeler's Wheel. Right. No needle drop, no audio clips, right. nothing of it. And that got pulled. I honestly, my theory there is I think that after Reservoir Dogs, the Steelers, we are copywriter holders, and really they can't take any chances with who's using their work and for what. So maybe it's just like really specific copyright things. I I know nothing of that world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it does remind me of how like we had to stop using the theme songs on our podcast because it started getting uh, hits from YouTube Oof. for copyright claims. Uh, yeah. Less than YouTube is, is a bit I mean, because yeah. our stuff isn't like, we, we don't put our stuff on YouTube. It's, it's yeah. just on the, all the podcasting apps. But like throwing that on YouTube as well is dangerous because the that's where the sharks really come out. And I've... I run a YouTube channel based on one of my other special interests, and I've had to really just learn the game with that one of, okay, like, what is too much of a clip mm. to put in, or what is going to be completely flagged immediately, and it's it's still tricky, even if you know the game. Yeah, it's a major frustration I constantly have to deal with, because I also do a lot of, like, cartoon reviews on there, uh, usually trying to go for more obscure stuff, but sometimes doing more well-known stuff, but surprise, we'll be surprised by a lot of things, like, for whatever reason, Voltron in the third dimension got DreamWorks like on my button. Had to like delay it thirty, like almost a whole. Actually, I think a whole month because of them just trying their best to block it or pull it down. The whole YouTube system is flawed. Um, it is. Basically, I say this, and it's probably going to be on YouTube, but <laughs> it's flawed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be funny if I mean, yeah, like, we don't upload on YouTube. But I'm just thinking of like the music cues that are in our show. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be really funny if the estate of Dinah Shore came after us or putting in any in uh, <laughs> for using the say it with a slap bit from uh, yeah. uh, Fun and from, Fancy like, Free episode three? Yeah, yeah. which is that's like one of the first moments where it's like, oh, this can work. Okay, like, <laughs> yes, torturing Jordan is a good comedic hook. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> James? Uh, hello? James? James, you there? Oh. Oh, I lost like James. Lost James. Well, oh, shoot. welcome. That's not quite all, folks. My name is Mark Hale. I'm joined by. <laughs> and I'm Jordan. Real sorry about that. I oh. got disconnected. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. okay. We almost did a hostile takeover of your show. We apologize. Uh, <laughs> I was just that's all right. It. Uh, <laughs> I was just about to say. Just, uh, torturing the co-host is always surefire comedy, yes. right, Pemmy? Yes, of course. <laughs> Refer to our Speed Racer episode. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, that, that. oh, but Speed Racer's so great. <laughs> it's great, but my God, it's so far off the wall. I think it's on... I think it's lost track of which one's the ceiling and which one's the floor. And, and the thing is, you watch what's literally my favorite Speed Racer episode, which is the Car Hater episode. Which is just the we, guy who's obsessed with, like, riding a, like, horse and taking out every car in the city. Speed Racer is wild. Like, back when I was in college, um, my a couple of friends of mine ran the, the college's anime club, and they used to do with what was called a dub night where they would basically have members of my improv club come in and dub over in progress, like random episodes of anime or whatever. 
And nice. we did a speed racer one, and it was one of the funniest damn things ever. Because, like, it was hard for us to keep up with the manic energy of the show, but also trying to emulate the manic energy of the show. <laughs> there was a lot of really funny shit in that one. And, like, I am i don't remember what came over me to make it what it was, most of the things I said, but it was a great one. Nice. Speed Racer is one of those shows that, when I was a kid, I didn't like it. And, but when I watched it again as, like, an adult, I freaking just loved it. Because I was just like, oh my god, this is so just campy and insane. And I freaking love this. It's such a goof. It, you can't help but be like, okay, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the subject of uh, favorite episodes of the That's Not Quite right. Off Pokes podcast. Yeah. I... I do want to give a special shout out to the Rocky and Muggsy episode. Yes! Oh, yes. All, Thank you. All throughout, <sighs> all throughout, you can just hear the fun you're having doing the impressions of that. <laughs> for three weeks after that episode, I have to say, for three weeks afterward, you would just, like, I would just be caught saying, like, when we were recording, I would be just caught getting into one. All right, duck. <laughs> just... You've got just five minutes. Just it's the fun. It's the most fun thing to do. It's it's just the most fun voice because you could even you could tell Mel Blanc and James Adomian having fun with it as well. So yeah, and just <laughs> yeah, just the episodes where where it's clear we just forgotten that we're recording something and we just go off. And like, at the beginning, I'd be like, okay, this is a bit too much. Let's put this away. But by now, I'm like, nah, fuck it. This is the best part of the show sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, the best part of the show sometimes. Like, yeah, keep it. Like, oh, we do a bit where Rocky and Muggsy are ordering a drive through at McDonald's? Sure. <laughs> the, the weird tangents we do on this show come from the most odd places of either improv or stream of consciousness or just leapfrogging oh. off of... It, I can't explain half the crap oh. that comes out of my mouth on this show. Or... Or... Oh, no. Or just... Flubs. Just complete and total mess-ups. There, there's one in an episode... I don't know this coming up, but there's one coming up where oh god, <laughs> where I misspoke an actor's name, yes, and it just led into complete and utter chaos. There was <laughs> to the point. <laughs> it was it was something I forget who you mistook it for, but whoever it was, you thought it was Wilford Brimley, yeah. And you just, so I, I turn and in the discord that we recorded out, I turn and suddenly there's a picture of angrily staring Wilford Brimley just glaring at me. And I can't go on. Not with Was that this person judgment. playing a walrus? Yes. The walrus looking fella from Cocoon and the Thing. <laughs> no, what was the character playing a walrus that no. you got mixed up with? No. It was, it was some other name, right? It was some other actor's name. It was, yeah, so it was an actor's name. The, the character is named Wilson, and I confused it with, with, with uh, Wilfred Brimley, and it got to a point where we were laughing so hard. Okay, the the bot we used to record, uh, Craig, Craig. Yeah, we love Craig. It, yeah, I I don't use the Craig recordings that often because we we switched over to Audacity, which is much better for us. It's, but it's solidarity, usually, it's another friend. Exactly. So usually what happens sometimes is, okay, occasionally, you know, the bot be like, I can't record this channel. Bye. 
this one instance, we're laughing so hard. The bot just leaves. <laughs> oh my! No announcements. Just, no, like, hey, you know, they're recording so and so. It's just like, well, fuck it, I'm out of here. He's <laughs> just like, I'm done. I'm out. See ya. I honestly no. don't blame them. Even artificial intelligence cannot take our bit spiraling. <laughs> well. So on a more serious oh, note, yeah, I hope. Very serious. Yes, talking about the relevant issues. Huh. Elephant tissues right here! <laughs> There's a Tiny Toons reference there for you. you. Yes. yes. How do you guys select the cartoons for each episode? Okay. That's more of a Mark question because, like, yeah. Mark runs the... we we Since the culmination of this podcast we have had a almighty google doc of just all yeah. episode ideas and a lot of them are courtesy of mark yeah because I, I just went okay if i were doing a show what would want the episodes are and i'm like okay the first nine would be just introductory stuff and then the rest would be themes uh, a yeah. lot like how the grown collection discs were you know it's like oh here's yeah. a disc about Fairy tales. Here's a disc about the war times. Those kind of taking that idea. There's a disc about Frank Tashel, and there's a disc about Bob Clampett. You know exactly. Yeah. So it kind of just took that and made its own thing. Now, occasionally, occasionally, I give Jordan the keys. Occasionally, like, okay, here you come up with something, and um, <laughs> I'll do it mostly on an good. Like, Usually they're good. Like it'll be in the middle of the night when he's not on the dock, and I'll be like, "Okay, this could be a good one. This could be a good one." Like a lot of the more specific ones, like there are times where like I'll just be on the dock and I'll be like, "Like, okay, what can I do?" And that's the the whole series where it was like just different Yosemite Sam ones, like Yosemite Sam history, Yosemite Sam as a pirate, like yeah. all those ones, because I wanted to talk about more Yosemite Sam cartoons or like just other random ideas I have to, to fit themes, but also talk about specific. Like, like I wanted to talk about Roman Legion hair in an episode, or fine. Or I wanted to talk about um, Bugsy and Mugsy, fine, and just make a whole episode around. Like, sometimes it is very much like, you want to talk about these episodes, let's make a theme around it. But other times it is like, okay, these three can fit this theme, and let's just throw them all together. And then <laughs> there's, there's also the ones where like, okay, these two fit this theme. And also, Mark, uh, pick a random cartoon we've never heard of that's probably really bad and racist. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, that that's... That's been a fun trap I've accidentally found myself in. Because usually where, you're the one that has to cover that. <laughs> yes. Like, for example, um, oh God. we did one on America, just America. Yeah. We were like, oh, let's do, like, Looney Tunes across the USA. Yeah. So I, mm -hmm. we did, like... Uh, we did I Mississippi Hair, I know that. Mississippi Hair. We did a Hair Grows in Brooklyn, I know that. Yes, and Hair then, Grows in Brooklyn... And then detouring America, <laughs> which has some segments that has not aged well whatsoever. Um, no, and that happens with a lot of tech stuff. Yeah, what? that's what ticked us off. We're like, God damn it, Tex, we wanna like you, <laughs> but you keep throwing racist shit in here, and we Fred. have to deduct points. Fred, and we have to, yeah, <laughs> and, and like. <laughs> When it comes to, like, us on the show, yeah, when it comes to, like, if we're watching our cartoon, then an egregiously racist thing happens, we gotta go, why? What's the joke? Yes, like, it's bad. At the end What's of Sweetie the and the Beanstalk, where they oh show up God. in China and Sweetie uh, is racist. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, we're going to start running into that very oh, soon, dear. unfortunately. Oh, uh, yeah. You and me, Pemmy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we're very much not looking forward. To, or actually, we're probably not even going to do it. But have you guys heard of Rickety Rocket? Oh. It rings this most slight yeah. bell. Basically, Ruby Spears decided to try and cross Scooby-Doo with Fat Albert. Mm. Oh no! And then add a future element to it for some reason. So there are future kids that are in a junked out robot. I mean, robot spaceship and live in a junkyard, and it's and the character designs. No. Yeah. The. Even uh, this, even the spaceship looks racist. I'll put it that. Damn! How do you make a spaceship that's look a racist? Work. That, that, that's all I'm going to say on it. Okay. Right. Yeah, it's one of those I've gotten asked to review on my uh, my uh, YouTube channel multiple times, and I'm like, well, I can only find one episode, so I can't do it. And people are constantly like, well, I found one in French, and I'm like, nope, nope, can't do that. <laughs> Can like, English. Can you imagine just a French person flipping on the TV going, what is this? This is incredibly <laughs> racist, and I'm French. <laughs> I know the thing of the two about that. Ah, what hell? I'll uh, record it, and maybe someone on the internet will like it. Went into Terry Thomas there at the end, but still. Um, <laughs> I say, I am from France. Uh, no, anyway. Sorry. Uh, but yeah. somewhat more seriously... Yeah. Even when we don't have that problem, sometimes we have a rough time choosing. We haven't yet recorded our, our official 20th episode, which is all uh, Chuck Jones Daffy Duck cartoons, nice. or as we're going to call it, nice. Chuck a Duck. Yeah! Nice. nice. Okay, that's a good title. And we're just spoiled for choice. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I was like, do you want to do, maybe do Scarlet Pumpernickel instead of Triple Long Daffy? Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, Scarlet Pumpernickel lets us talk about all these other characters, but you know, Triple Long Daffy lets us talk about Nasty Canasta, mm. and we can't very well drop Robin Hood Daffy because yikes, is run away! Really? <laughs> Actually, it's a buck and a quarter, quarter staff, but I'm not telling him that. Um, <laughs> right. We just settled on our original lineup because we were just gridlocked for choice. Well, that we have to do. You have to do Duck Dodgers and uh, yeah, and Duck Amok because those are like practically the best cartoons ever made. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you guys are covering all those in one episode. When we do theatrical shorts, we try to do four an episode. Oh, okay. okay. And that's a good selection. As that's opposed to the usual three and hours. All right. One step further. Yeah. I, I dig it. Yeah. And this was before we learned of your podcast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ah. Yeah. 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 yeah, we're, yeah we're, well, and we were like, we could do this an easier way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, the reason we started with two was just because we are new. We're not going to, because if you have the listener, you know, it's the beginning so the, uh, uh, those episodes are about 45 minutes. So it's like, okay, it's easy. It's digestible. Yeah. Except for our, uh, except ironically enough, for our Duffy Duck episode, we just slapped on a Baby Loon Tunes episode and a Duck Dodgers episode at the end. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I felt like, because, you know, we were talking about Duffy's like, all right, I'll do um, the one Duck Dodgers episode I've always wanted to do a rant on. And, you know, that I was like, before we kind of figured out what the, what the real formula of this was going to be. I mean, before we realized yeah. we'd get to Duck Dodgers eventually. So, like, it's funny, talking of, of, of the Daffy Duck stuff, one of the things that we haven't really gotten to a lot on our show is just a lot of the 1940s Daffy stuff. A lot of the Tashlin Daffy, a lot of the more manic Daffy. And 
Mm-hmm. I hope that we eventually get to cover more of that um, after we're done with some of these other mini series we're doing because um, you know uh, there's there's a lot of gems back there. Oh man, like 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 for example, we we haven't even covered Yankee Doodle Daffy, which Somehow. is great. Which yeah, like there's some big ones that we still have yet to cover. Yeah. So that reminds me, I'm going to jump ahead in the question order a little bit, because I'm going to give you the hardest question in Looney Tunes fandom. Oh my god. Clampett Daffy or Jones Daffy? Mm. Well, if it's a Monday... um... (laughs) If it's a Monday, you beware of the splut. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Garfield reference Uh, there. I I, I would honestly go with Jones Daffy um, because I think mostly because I grew up with more Jones Daffy cartoons and I like the sort of more complex, varied, almost villainous kind of thing that's going on there. I mean, I I, I have a soft spot for so much of the Clampett, like jumping all over the place, Daffy. I think that a lot of modern creators do as well because like the the new Looney Tunes cartoons, Daffy is very much Clampettized and I like that. Oh, for sure. I like that a lot, but... I don't know. I, I still have most of the soft spot for the Jones one, and because I think more of the the one, more of the cartoons that people remember and like will quote to this day, I think come from the Jones era. And also, I think there was just more, yeah. more. Okay, the word is lost, but they're more complex, more going on, nuanced. Yeah, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, it's with that one. Yeah. So I'm yeah, kind of just watching the cartoons. Do you guys have any specific favorite Looney Tunes memories? Mm. Um, all right. Well, this this ties into the show, but going to the theater opening night to see Space Jam: A New Legacy, <laughs> just so we can go and record our first thoughts on it, was very nice because that was like, first of all, that's one of the few times we put money into our show. We had to buy the tickets to go see the thing. Yeah. So th- that <laughs> yeah. was up. That was really cool I yeah like that i would also throw um going to see the philadelphia orchestra perform the, the oh, work yeah. of carl stalling and milt franklin and some of the other guys oh yeah that, that's i'm jealous of that one of the perks of living in the philadelphia area is that we have a world-class orchestra that does the recurring sort of looney tunes at the orchestra kind of thing and we went to one in january and it was just like first of all it gave us a lot of ideas for future episodes but also just like we're here, they're here, they're doing impeccable renditions of all of these things that Carl Stalling and Milt Franklin and all these guys just threw together onto the screen while, you know, the cartoons are going on. It, it, was, it, it really was validating. It, it, it made me feel like I was a fan of the right thing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, okay, this is yeah. the perks of it. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, seeing them on the big screen was nice. We, we can never have that, you know. Uh, so that was very nice. And also, this is something I didn't realize until the, the night before we went was the person who does the composure is... What's his name? It was a guy that had worked on the 90s um, Looney Tunes stuff and was was it's, definitely uh, like... But Mark is looking like up his George. name right now. I'm looking it up because it was um, really cool. It may take us another three to four hours for this to arrive. Right. It's uh, George Doherty. George Doherty. Doherty. Yeah. 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 So Doherty. Yeah. So he worked. He worked with Chuck Jones on on Peter and the Wolf, 
which which is very cool. And he also he also did music for that blooper bunny, Aye. which is in our first episode. Aye. So just to see the guy do the music for one of our very first ep- episodes. And also the music plays a huge part in that short because you know the CD skipping and stuff. It's it's, it's such a good short. So it's that was great. I, I laughed my butt off to that when I was younger. Uh, in terms of like like childhood Looney Tunes memories, we grew up in the early mid two thousands where Cartoon Network would for fun just be like here's the chuck jones show it's all shorts made by chuck jones watch that okay here's bugs and daffy they're bugs bunny and daffy duck cartoons enjoy that here's tune heads yeah. a, a, a a thing where we're just gonna tell you about cartoon history yeah like, they were very open in that time of just cartoons are great here's the history of cartoons here's you know all, all this great stuff so I think that has something to do with our upbringing uh, of yeah. that time. Yeah, it was a fortunate time to grow up because it was so accessible to bring Looney Tunes to the masses. And that's why it was so ingrained in our heads that this was nice. something important that we needed to do something with. I really wish I could have had both you guys and Pemmy, for that matter, when the George Eastman House hosted the exhibition of Looney Tunes, both cartoons and artifacts. Because, oh my God, I, I remember that day so well, I, I there I was right face to face with Bob McKimpson's original model sheet for Bugs Bunny. Oh, very nice. nice. This is this thing I'd seen referenced countless of times in documentaries and books, and it's like one of the most crucial pieces of animation hi- history, at least in the West. And it's right in front of me. Yeah. I'm glad that they do enough of those sort of like museum tours and, and exhibition tours that you can bring that sort of mentality and those sort of events and, and items to the masses. You know, the like you feel, okay, that is animation history right there. These cells are animation history. And I'm, I'm glad that that's still a thing that can happen. You know? Yeah. And just like, you know, the people, like it's great that we have people like Larry Moulton who's very yes. active on Twitter and Jerry Beck is always Jerry down Beck. to yes. do whatever. And Eric Goldberg, to... who, who was an alum yes. of my high school. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I think I talked about it at some point, but he, Eric Goldberg uh, graduated from the same high school that I did. And on the, um, the journalism and arts wing of my high school, there is a drawing by Eric Goldberg of the genie from Aladdin. So, nice. um, it's literally in the foundation of my school. That's you know great art and great and, and what's so funny is, yeah, he has that. My film appreciation teacher in high school was friends with Eric Goldberg. It makes sense. They all grew up in the general area, and just you know, like he would he would be like, oh yeah, you know, I I knew him. Uh, like you know, we spoke and stuff. And now, given this man, uh, not Eric Goldberg, but my film appreciation teacher was pathetic. He was he he had a very lonely life, and the the fact that he had this this friend who is part of the genie, part of this Disney history, is great. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. Also, I have a, a Looney Tune story in regards to to this teacher. It, it, can, can I uh, share it? It, it? It's it's so by all means so out there. So the the last like it's like finals week. And 
and I, I heard that what they do at the end of during Files Week and Film Appreciation is you can't watch a movie because there's not enough time for it, but they would watch cartoons. So as soon as I got in there, I'm like, oh, I am going to help out on this because I, I got these gun collections and I really want to show them off. And yeah, so it gets like near the end of the class. He's like, okay, it's finals week. We're going to watch cartoons. So if you have a, a, a set or whatever and they want to show the class, bring it next week and, you know, I'll go through them and see which shorts we can cover. So I'm like, awesome. Me, the only people who brought something was me, who I, I brought in my uh, Looking to Going Collection Volume Two. That's a good because one. that it's a really good one, and, and it has a uh, Hollywood disc in that one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so I was like, oh, good. And the other person brought like a bootleg cartoon, like 420 classic cartoons, like those things. So I'm, so I'm mm. like, oh, oh, I won! Yay! So I'm like, okay. Here you go, sir. Go, go, take it to your house. Whatever. So a couple, like a week or, or two, go by, and eventually, you know, okay, okay, we're gonna watch our tunes. I'm like, awesome. I'm gonna watch like Bugs Bunny, and we're gonna watch some really good stuff. And <laughs> he picked. Oh, it's a really good collection. He picked ones that the class I know the class one like. Like he picked. I think the woods are full of cuckoos or something. Really? Like the ones oh, the radio of, one. Yeah, the one, no, no, like the ones that made fun of old Hollywood, but oh. the the one-offs, the one that didn't have bugs or daffy or porky or anything. So I'm sitting there like, I caused this. <laughs> I, 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 I could have oh. had the class. I could have had the class watch crappy bootleg quality version of cartoons, but no, I gave him my fully remastered second going collection that has great cartoons on it. It has a little red riding rabbit, which is one of my faves. And, and yeah, so, but that's part of it. The other part of it was on the first part of that class, the first day of it, he didn't like give me credit. You know, like, oh, hey, thanks, Mark, for bringing them. He didn't say that. Mm. And I'm thinking, all right, now I'm mad. <laughs> At the very least. Of you course you realize it. this means war. Yes. yes. <laughs> the very least. So at the end of the class, I just go up to him like, hey, uh, sir, just, just, uh, I, I, I'm not very needy. I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't ask for a lot. <laughs> but for, for, for next class, can you just... Give me credit. He's like, why do I know? No, not like graded credit. Just like credit for bringing these in. It's the least you could do. So the, the next class, he's about to start playing um, a cartoon. Now, given, he did play one Friday evening. So he played oh, one good one at least. Okay. He played one good one at least. But he's like, <sighs> he's, about to play, he's about to play. And he's like, oh, by the way, it's like to thank Mark for bringing these. Good. It was very like... It was very like it was contractually obligated. Exactly, he he did make it exactly. So I'm like, okay, let's go, Chris. Find your stupid, stupid record loser. Anyways, so yeah, that's the one and only time I brought Lean Tunes to 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 the class. I just learned like, okay, just being a little more careful on. uh 
who I trust my uh, my collection to. <laughs> now for the scary question. Oh dear. Are you guys dreading having nothing but seven arts cartoons left when that time inevitably comes? Oh. Um. Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you right now in our document we are not there yet, though there are some empty slots. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll get desperate. Look, and- <laughs> those episodes, if we do have to do a run of just seven arts and the Patty Frailing episodes, it'll be uh, you know that's not quite all, folks. With Jordan and Mark and special guest alcohol. <laughs> hey, I'm Mark, joined by. Uh, what am I even doing? Because here's the real scary part of it those aren't the worst things Seven Arts ever did. Oh, God. No. I, I shudder really? to even think of what's worse than, than Cool what's, Cat and. Yeah, like, what's worse than half assed Daffy and Speedy cartoons? Johnny Cipher in Dimension Zero. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Arroyo. Uh, oh God, I never know how to pronounce that name. Uh, guy who's responsible for the uh, Felix the Cat TV show teamed up with Seven Arts to make a show called Johnny Cipher in Dimension Zero. That's like these five-minute action shows, and man, it's like you take a long plot. And you just somehow shove it into five minutes, and it always feels like every episode you're like watching the footnotes of an actual cartoon. This doesn't also, look very I'm, good. Also, I'm just thinking how sci-fi can't be written by anyone of any age. How old was everyone when they did this? Because I'm thinking, okay, what was this? Like the 70s? It was 60s. 60s. The 60s. Okay. So you got Freeling and DePatty kind of, you know, trying to, you know, keep their business afloat. They haven't become Marvel Animation yet. And then you got the creator of Felix the Cat, who one of the first cartoons ever made, pretty much. Which, which okay, that by itself is pretty cool. You know, it's like, oh, it's this well, iconic cartoon creator Working with uh, not quite, well, not quite. He wasn't the creator of Felix the Cat. He was the creator of the Felix the Cat TV series in the sixties. So, oh, which was still a decent interpretation of Felix. Which means he created pretty much every character except for Felix. Right. So, okay. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> All right, that was a point chucked out the window. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's a mess, and it's also just random as heck with some of this stuff like an episode with uh space cowboys that ride space pegasus and take over a space train and despite the fact they're going through space they still make a clopping sound from the hooves (laughs) with the right creative minds that could be cool but seven arts were not the right creative minds no question was the color of space accurate yeah was it the sky in space (laughs) It was it was space. It was black oh, with okay. white dots. Because Highway Rotary was not so lucky. <laughs> and just to tie things further back, it had the Speed Racer voice actors. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. I saw that on the IMDb pages. I was like looking over there, like, oh yeah, that's Peter Fernandez. That's cool. Yeah, I actually recently also got a DVD collection of another thing with Seven Arts name on it, oh. which is uh, Marine Boy, oh. which was <laughs> oh anime that. 
didn't do well in Japan, but for whatever reason, Seven Arts was like told the company that made it. It's like, hey, if you make like sixty something more episodes, we'll we'll show it in America. <laughs> and they did, and those remaining sixty episodes got shown in America like two years before they even got shown in Japan. So it was a weird American Japanese co-production with Seven Arts of all people. Seven and, Arts is the weirdest stuff, man. So yeah. weird. And, and it's again, so strange how like Marvel animation came from that. The same company that made like like the X-Men animated series and Spider-Man 1990. It's like, yeah, it also came from like this stuff. And, kinda. Um, I think it's a long, complicated chain of a story. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But uh, we still have to start doing Marvel stuff eventually, Pem. Yeah. We do. There's a lot to discuss there. Heck, I mean, '60s Spider-Man alone is a trip. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I watched through all of those when I was a kid. Those are fun, especially like the earlier seasons where it's like a comedy and like there's the running gag of the picture of J. Jonah Jameson falling off the wall every episode. <laughs> those are great. I both credit and blame that series for giving the world Ralph Bakshi. Uh, he was around before that. <laughs> I think Terry Toons is more the blame for that, but yeah. possibly but making him a bit more mainstream, perhaps. But without Ralph Bakshi, we don't get Family Picture. Without Ralph Bakshi, we don't get um, one of the. Oh, no. <laughs> I was gonna make it. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that sentence. One of the weirdest Mighty Mouse cartoons to ever air on Saturday morning TV. Yeah, a surprisingly good David Bowie song. Yeah, I mean, we got Wizards out of the deal. That was neat. Wizards. I actually think uh, Ralph Bakshi's stuff he did in his Terry Tune eras is actually pretty good. But weirdly, I like which is his early stuff. I'm like, why do I like his early stuff better than everything else? Yeah, you want the weird stuff. You want the oh my god, what is this guy on era of his animation career? Because I, I like the Mighty Heroes a lot, and he was responsible for that. Hmm. Okay. okay. So, Pem, did you have any questions for our guests, since I've been kind of hogging the questions here? Uh, let's see. <laughs> see you, I probably had a question before you asked me, and as soon as you asked me, that my brain just goes blank. Um, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> actually, I'll... I'll, I'll I'll ask for an opinion on uh, one of because everybody talks about Fritz Freeling and everybody talks yeah. about Chuck Jones yeah. and Bob Clampett. What is your opinion on Robert McKimson? Oh, okay, uh, <laughs> perfectly fine. <laughs> well, I mean, he he has probably more than a lot of the Golden Age show directors. He has a lot more downs than ups, and I think. A lot of what he was doing in those era is a bit more passable than as a director. As, as, as an animator, obviously he did so much in terms of uh, character creation and um, 40s stuff. But going into the 50s and seeing him doing a lot of very same feeling Foghorn Leghorn cartoons and Hippity Hopper cartoons and Speedy Gonzalez cartoons. Like it, it's these aren't the titans of the era. Supposed to say, which is which sucks because like I have respect for him as an animator, I have respect for him as a as a animation mind, but just you compare that to Jones, Clampett, Freeling, all those guys, like it's not going to hold much of a candle. I hate saying it because I know people like McKimson. Yeah, I mean, for the, I respect him for being the last one there. Pretty like much. when everything was shutting down, 
Jones left and Fillings doing his own thing. Like Kimson stayed or or came back. So I don't know, but he was there at the beginning and at the very end of the golden era. So I do respect that. But I think that uh, you know I've but before we did our episode on uh, the uh, Looney Tune show, the best way I, I would describe that show is it's like if all the crew watched were Robert McKimson cartoons. Was mm. like, oh, it's just they're in houses, and like especially in the fifties, a lot of the suburbia Looney Tune cartoons, just like, oh, here's you know, here's them messing with the concepts of. Of suburbia, I know some examples at the moment, but you know, literally domesticated animals. <laughs> exactly, all about domesticated life, house life, and all that. And those I always found were very boring because not much you can do. Yeah. I mean, yes, you have the dynamic of the characters, but after that, it's like, okay, well, what else you got? Yeah. Uh, uh, here's one where it's, um, what if Daffy showed up and Speedy and had to get Speedy? Then Granny left and Sylvester's there for five seconds. Uh, I think so. Yeah, he at least uh, gave us a few good characters though, like uh, the Tasmanian Devil. Yes, that's the thing. Oh, yes, yes, we, the, we have so much yeah, praise for his that. cast stuff. He's got that. Can't take that away from him. Yeah, I, I, I think Robert McKimson is definitely one of those. He's got a lot of good episodes, but he's got a lot of okay episodes and there's definitely in the later era era it felt like he was feeling burnt out because there's so many episodes it just practically just feels like it ends with the character just going eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah very compared yeah. Uh, yeah pretty much yeah yeah pretty much that yeah just very that's the end of the short bye and it just <laughs> it was there to fill theaters it wasn't there to really fill attentions yeah. uh another question i got who do you feel was more unfortunately underutilized as far as a Looney Tune character during the whole Golden Age era? Yeah. Marvin the Martian or Taz? Mm, um, oh. Taz. Well, Taz, yeah. Or as an option C, Witch Hazel. Oh, <laughs> well, there still go. Taz. I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, still Taz. Because with Marvin the Martian, especially in the 80s and like late 70s, early 80s work with, with Chuck. Marvin got his fair share, yes. his his due, in a lot of projects. Some good, some not so good, but he definitely got, his star definitely rose in that time. With Taz, it took him 20 years after the studio closed, 30 years to the 90s, until he got his prominence. And it really felt like it kind of came out of nowhere. It was like all of a sudden he was just like big, and it's just like, yeah. Like, like everyone in the world just suddenly realized, oh, wait, this character's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Which he is. Yeah. He is. Mm-hmm. Tasmania is an interesting show. It and is. That's one thing we learned. It's a very interesting show that halfway through it, even the creative crew went, let's just do Taz shorts. Yeah. Let's ditch this sitcom. Let's just do Taz cartoons. And it was better for it. Yeah. No, it's 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 again. We, we we talk about this, but Taz is better when he's the foil for a another character rather than when he's the um, the real central piece. But as a foil, Taz is one of the best because he's just this 
un indestructible force and you can just do funny things with them. And I think that they were only scratching the surface of that in the early eras. There were a couple of really, really, really good Taz cartoons in the late fifties, but right when they were getting the hang of the character, you know, the golden age ends. And so I think that everything they've been doing contemporarily from the nineties on has been sort of making up, <clears throat> making up for lost time in a sense. And, you know, giving us the sort of Taz dominance that we always really wanted to the point where, He's, you know, you talk about him now with everybody, with every other um, Looney Tunes character. Like he's a member of the gang, and he always has been. So he, cool. he does have one of my favorite lines in one of the old uh, yeah. Tasmanian Devil cartoons, which is like, "Why for you buried me in the cold, 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 cold ground?" ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think stuff. someone uh, described. I remember seeing a video where someone described uh, Taz as proof that Mel Blanc can just growl and spit and still make a likable character. Yeah. Well, that's the power of Mel Blanc, you know? And I guess also Jim Cummings since uh, yeah. Tasmania. Well, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I... Don't get me started on Jim Cummings. Oh, my goodness. He was a guest year one at Flower City Comic Con, which is uh, mm -hmm. the convention that this podcast is associated with. And he barely anybody came to, to see him for an autograph or anything. And if people aren't going to come out for the Tasmanian Devil, Winnie the Pooh, and Darkwing Duck... Who will they come out for? I mean, come was, on. was he yeah. nice? Oh, he was wonderfully nice. Good. Okay, good, good. good. He's, he's, he's the sweetest guy, and everybody on the FC3 staff will tell you the same. Good. He just yeah. he just had, didn't make money that day. <sighs> oh, That's so bummer. Oh, um, it's fine. His his residual for the main adventures of Winnie the Pooh cleared that day maybe i don't know yeah he's got plenty <laughs> uh, of disney money yeah disney's gonna be in trouble if anything ever happens to him i mean I, they oh, did a yeah. video of just how many disney characters he voiced we don't have a on standby we don't have a pete on standby we don't have a lot of characters that he does well, was, like, that we know of that right. we know of um that, like, that is something like i saw panels like at d23 they had a whole panel of like Here's our character department. Here's how we make sure that everybody's covered for. Because yeah. in the late 80s, because around like the late 80s, that's when a lot of the original voice people like like um Sterling Holloway and and like, like people like that were they were passing away. Clarence Nash. So, Clarence Nash, yeah. yeah. So it got to a point where they had to make a division specifically to make sure that everybody has a backup, has a voice, because the last thing you'd want is, you know, your most prominent act voice actor of the company die and then just go, who can we get? You, Hallmark card maker, come here, be Mickey Mouse. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> when all wine died, they're like, crap we didn't think about this um because I, i'm pretty sure at disney no one ever thinks what happens if mickey mouse dies do you have a backup plan in case mickey mouse dies it's like apparently not so they, they got like uh like the guy who does it uh bread island he was a hallmark card maker and he auditioned and got the role so it's it's very strange but usually they're on their game usually they they have Backups in place, so what have you? They, they did well. They lost their mini recently, so yeah, 
that, yep, that was also unexpected. It's like, oh. And that's sad because that was Rusty Taylor. She's been around in a lot of stuff. She's done Simpsons voices. She's done everything. If there's anything I can give those new Mickey shorts, is like some of those just – she was absolutely adorable as Minnie in some of those. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Like but, the fact that the last short she voiced in was – it's one where it's just Minnie singing a love song to Mickey. Like, yes. That's, yeah. that's the best way to end it. It's like, fantastic. Thank yeah. you. Goodbye. Thank you, Joe Roses. Thank you for everything. <laughs> and that one's so good, too. It's yeah. so, so it's, cute. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, gentlemen, where can people find you online? Well, you can uh, follow me at Mark Halem, 1995. And you can follow me at Tall Guy It's like we're ending an episode. Dang. <laughs> we do uh, the spiel the end of all our episodes. Yeah. yeah, if you want to uh, follow our show on Twitter, get updates on what episodes are coming up or just general craziness you'll follow at that underscore loony or type in the podcast title we are the first result i haven't checked it i've, I've started saying that by the way but i'm pretty sure we're I still think the we first result. we yeah. better be <laughs> <laughs> and and we're also on all of the podcast services you love um you know apple google spotify amazon music all of those we we we're, we're everywhere and nowhere at the same time and we'll continue to be all those places until uh, the dawn of time ends. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I got the episodes are back up. We'll be fine. Yeah. And similarly, you can find us at uh, Pembroke W. Corgi on Twitter and JIrish780 on Twitter. You can find the podcast uh, wherever podcasts are found and on YouTube to about a couple weeks after, or, or just a week after, I believe is the schedule. We're just coming back after all. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't posted the Sylvester one now that I think about it. Yeah. I need to take care of that. Yeah, I'm I'm still really proud of that Sylvester episode. See me. Sorry that I haven't gotten that. That's all right. It, it's it, it'll it's it, it it's not good. it's not like it's gonna age like cheese. Well, unless Sylvester gets caught for you know, something lewd in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Mm. Unless, unless, of course, it actually with the, the jokes we had about him being a a, a seventeen time serial killer are actually oh my accurate. God. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. Well, this took a dark turn. They <laughs> tend to when you have us on. They do. They do. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this has been a blast. Thank mm. you so much for coming on. Well, thank you. Thank you all for having us. We will absolutely tune in. And hey, we if you ever want to, if you ever decide to return the favor, we'd love to guest on yours. Ah, yeah. we may have to pursue that. Awesome. As, especially if you're going to be talking seven arts, because you may need the help. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, now that you mentioned, now that you're up for, you know, potentially um, doing something as bad as a seven arts cartoon, uh, <laughs> I don't think we can turn that down. See, now. I was going to suggest Russian Rhapsody, but given current events, uh, cringe well, in 2022. What about that uh, Roadrunner cartoon where the uh, coyote makes a <laughs> makes a coyote mech? Oh, oh yes, uh, Neon Jev- uh, Neon Genesis Coyote Jellion. Yes, um, <laughs> uh, Five Nights at Wiley's. <laughs> oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! Dear dear! <laughs> Oh yeah, we we've got to have you guys back, maybe to talk something other than the normal purview of your podcast. You know, yeah, throw us yeah, some ideas. We'd love to have them. 
Cool. But in the meantime, for everybody here, thank you so much for tuning in, and we're off to restock the breakfast cereal. <laughs> See ya! The penny and change to the sort of hopefully funny cartoon podcast! The preceding podcast is a co-production of the Mighty Monkey Corporation and Artificial Orange Studios. The theme song is written, composed, and performed by Shawn Michael Smith.